The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as we continue this sitting, to settle in and To sit here quietly and feel yourself being in your body. And see if you can feel the simplicity of just being here in your body, in your seat, breathing being. That for these minutes of being here, there's very little you have to do except allow yourself to breathe and sit upright. As you sit here, see if you can become aware of any pleasure that's here for you. Maybe very simple pleasure. You might feel some unease in some way or something not comfortable. But see if you can identify anything that you would call pleasure. Something that feels enjoyable. Just being here in a simple way. perhaps tuning into your body breathing. And as you breathe, even if some parts of that experience is uncomfortable, is there anything at all that's pleasant or enjoyable, has pleasure in it, in the experience of breathing? It might be this simple massage or rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. It might be some part of the cycle of breathing that's kind of enjoyable. Maybe the beginning, the expansion, the break, taking in of the oxygen, 
or perhaps it's the exhale, the letting go, the settling back in. And is there some way of relaxing the mind so that there is some simple pleasure or enjoyment of just being receptive to the experience? Whatever might be happening here with the breathing or anything else, that's enjoyable to have an open, receptive awareness here and now. Nothing really to do or accomplish or prove nothing to figure out, a simple receptivity to the experience of breathing, to your body, to just being here. If you're thinking a lot, shifting the focus of your attention away from thinking to whatever sense of physical pleasure there might be that's deeper, more available than what happens through your thinking. And even if there's a lot of discomfort Maybe there's some place within that you can find some pleasure, some pleasantness. And see if you can breathe with that, feel that. Center yourself on that which is enjoyable about being present here and now. And as you're with, as you're staying here quietly meditating, see if the experience of pleasure or enjoyment in the immediate present, just whatever there might be there, can help you, support you to stay present. Breathing through the pleasure, opening to it,
allowing yourself to enjoy the simple awareness of here, recognizing that enjoyment or pleasure or some aspect of it can only happen in the present. Even if all that's enjoyable <clears throat> is that you can be aware, there is awareness. And then taking a few moments here to see if you can enjoy or appreciate yourself. Is there in some way, <clears throat> some perspective with which you can sit here enjoying or appreciating yourself? for that appreciation, maybe simple appreciation, to be here, breathe with it, <clears throat> remind yourself of it. Perhaps be nourished by it. Finally, can you translate all this <clears throat> or turn all this into a few moments <clears throat> of having goodwill towards yourself? <clears throat> Some feeling or attitude of friendliness or kindness 
goodwill, well-wishing for yourself. May it be that you are happy. May it be that you have a sense of well-being and can rest in joy and happiness here and now. And then to end this sitting, take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Feel your body against the chair and against the floor. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Welcome, and welcome to our Dharma practice day. So this is the fifth day in this series. But those of you who come for the first time today, you're very welcome to be here. The topic of the series is the, what's called the Brahma Viharas. I like to think of them as the four forms of love which Buddhism champions. They are, um, are 
goodwill and well-wishing for others called metta. There is our compassion. There is uh, joy or sympathetic joy, appreciative joy. And there is um, equanimity. And uh, we're doing this over about eight months and two months on each of those qualities. And so this is the first uh, month for joy. And um, and the way it's divided up these two months of each qual- each of these qualities is that um, the um, the way that they're, uh, it's to focus a little bit more on how they're taught in the teachings of the Buddha the first month and how they're taught by a teacher who lived about 800 years after the Buddha named Buddha Gosha who represented a much more developed stage of the whole Buddhist tradition in Southeast Asia. And uh, so he had a much more developed idea of how these practices are done. And how they usually come down to us in the modern world come from this guy, Buddha Gosha, uh, from about the 4th, 5th century. And and not from the Buddha. So so today today it's a little bit more from the Buddha, perhaps, hopefully. We'll see. And um, and for Buddha Gosha, <coughs> it's uh, uh, the word is mudita, and mudita is simple, a simple word meaning joy or delight. But uh, in the context of Brahma Viharas, Buddha Gosha took it to be joy in the joy, joy in the success of others. So relational joy, appreciative joy, sympathetic joy, and something like that is probably meant by the Buddha. But the Buddha never defined mudita in that kind of interactive way and didn't have a formal, systematic way of practicing it. <clears throat> so uh, what we'll do today is just explore this topic of joy in the role in Buddhist practice and uh, touch on its place with uh, the relational part and how it's a form of love. <clears throat> and we'll say most, mo- most of that for the next month. And... Um, <clears throat> So for those of you who are new to these Dharma practice days, they are, um, um, there's some guided meditations, there's some teaching I do, and there's some interactive qualities where uh, you will uh, um, have a chance to kind of maybe do exercises or conversations uh, among yourselves around themes and topics that we come up. And a lot of the learning is meant to be in community with each other. Uh, to uh, learn passively only goes so deep but to be actively involved in the learning by hearing yourself talk, talk, hear other people talk about their experience, their thoughts. Um, I think it goes much deeper and it becomes much more richer, it becomes more three-dimensional. And also it helps develop a sense of um, uh, the connection that your, your practice is in relationship to other people practicing, and, and uh, which historically has been part of the really rich way in which Buddhist practice uh, develops is in relationship to others, not kind of privately by yourself listening to a talk and going home or something. And um, so that's the plan and um, we'll take a break around 12, 12.30 and, um, in the, and in the spirit of the interrelational kind of quality of this day, <clears throat> uh, lunch can, you know, can be talking lunch. People can hang out and get to know each other if you'd like. Um, so this first uh, med- guided meditation, I brought up the idea of pleasure. And uh, I think most of you have probably heard the idea that pleasure and joy are two different things. And some people uh, pursue pleasure, 
which is fleeting, which is often not so rewarding, um, and doesn't really provide some deep sense of joy or real happiness for a person, uh, even though there might be a thrill and excitement in the pleasure. But uh, we don't want to uh, belittle the value of pleasure either. That uh, uh, pleasure is a part of the Buddhist path. Um, and you're not always going to be there. And a part of mindfulness practice is learning to be wise about how we're uncomfortable. But uh, it's also important to uh, be able to open up to and include the experience of pleasure as part of the practice. It took me a long time to learn that because I first practiced in Zen. And um, there was no emphasis on pleasure whatsoever. In fact, that was just seen to be kind of an attachment, kind of a detour, a dead end, kind of like in, kind of indulgence. And um, so it was, uh, can be a little bit confusing for meditators if they have that kind of message and they start feeling a lot of pleasant feelings in meditating. <clears throat> you know, so it's, oh, oh, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> um, but in fact, uh, the path of meditation um, uh, in class a big place for feeling pleasure, enjoyment as part of it. And it's not just a matter of feeling pleasure for its own sake, <clears throat> but it's uh, to, to allow that pleasure because it's kind of like opening up the, um, uh, the contractions and the tensions we hold. And in that opening up, uh, pleasure or enjoyment or relaxation can begin flowing and becomes a, a feedback uh, system where the more pleasure and joy, meditative joy and pleasure we feel, the more interested we are to stay more present and more we can open up more and the pleasure can grow, at some point that pleasure grows to become joy. Kind of just joy of engagement, joy of just really being part of the experience, what's happening. And a lot of uh, uh, joy can come from an activity that we do that we're absorbed in, we're fully engaged and actively a part of. And we enjoy the activity, we enjoy being part of it. So that can happen with meditation as well. Meditation isn't something like, you know, that you're uh, pulling teeth to kind of want to meditate. But meditation starts being self-rewarding. Because, oh yes, this is great. And that absorption can feel, bring a lot of joy, engagement. Doing things we enjoy brings joy, more joy. But pleasure is like the first step. And so to experience some pleasure and enjoyment in the practice and the breathing makes it much more interesting to stay present. And some people, uh, like I had when I was younger, <clears throat> had big blinders on in my experience uh, where there might have been some joy and some enjoyment, some pleasure, but I had no interest in it, no sense that that was valuable or important. So I had much more important things to pay attention to. I had things like to feel ashamed about myself. I mean, that certainly by, you know, was much more important to spend a lot of time feeling guilty or feeling, you know, that um, somehow no one liked me or, you know, you know, it was hopeless, my life. And I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, it was quite, you know, my early 20s kind of focused on these kind of very important topics that you know, require 100% of your attention at all possible moments, right? And, um, but what it does is it leaves out uh, in, this, in the, we're, we're multidimensional. Our experience is much wider than what we're fixated on. And so learn not to be so fixated on things which are unpleasant, but to open up a little bit and open up the field and start being aware of more of what's happening is, uh, can be very important for some people. For some people, it's the opposite. Some people uh, only focus to what's pleasant. That's their whole life is about that. And then um, 
uh, my job is to encourage them to be open up to what's unpleasant. (laughs) You know, you should feel more discomfort when you meditate, please. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, one of the places where where it's uh, most dramatic is uh, there are people who sometimes spend decades doing a mantra meditation. And mantra meditation is uh, is actually a very good meditation for developing a lot of bliss because it's a concentration meditation. But I've met a fair number of people who've done a lot, a lot of mantra meditation um, but and they have a lot of bliss, but it's at the expense of kind of shutting off whole parts of themselves. It's like a, a spiritual bypass, and they don't. Uh, there's whole parts of themselves they don't want to look at. In fact, sometimes the people who have the greatest capacity to go get bliss in meditation are the people who have the greatest capacity to split themselves off from that which is really painful, difficult that they're not paying attention to. Maybe they have had trauma as a child, and so they really create a real split. In their, in what they pay attention to, what they don't. And so after decades of doing mantra meditation, they'll come on retreat and we'll say, well, you know, why don't you pay attention to what's going on instead of going, getting, you know, blissed out? And they'll do it and they'll come back and say, wow, I didn't know there was so much going on. I didn't know how much I was not paying attention to. So sometimes, you know, we encourage people to do, you know, be aware of what's difficult. But uh, the idea, ideal, ideal is to be open to the whole gamut of experience, whatever it is. And it's the availability to be open to it all, which is a kind of pleasure or a joy. And then um, in that guided meditation that we did, uh, you know, I suggested you kind of look for pleasure and enjoyment, enjoy the breath, the body, just being here. Um, And then, um, so then I asked you to kind of uh, see if you can have some uh, enjoyment, appreciation of yourself. And with that, to offer, have some goodwill for yourself. And the question I have for you is, um, uh, if you're able to follow along and kind of touch into something that was enjoyable, feel pleasure, do you think then it was easier on that, with, as that a kind of a foundation, to then have appreciation and enjoyment of yourself? Did, what was it, anyone did find that was easier or was it harder? So then, let's, let's, let's say here a little bit, if you can use the mic and we can, so easier, but anything more you want to say about that? About how it was easier? Or? I was more in touch with what I was feeling. Yeah. I was more in touch with what I was feeling. More in touch with... Uh, can you do more of the parts? It's a green light? Yes, it's a green light. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was more in touch with what I was feeling internally. And I could focus inward and eliminate the feelings and the awareness of the other things outside uh-huh. and it distract me. Uh-huh. And it led to a real calm, pleasant feeling and really focused. Uh, felt really good. And from there, it's much easier to have goodwill toward yourself, enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Great, great, fantastic. I could really be in touch with myself much better. Great, thank you. Without all that negative stuff that goes mm-hmm. by. Great. Great, beautiful. So I hope that uh, more of you had that kind of experience. That was quite impressive, nice, but uh, in maybe even smaller ways that somehow the 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 idea of being able to tune into pleasure can be hedonistic in a way that's maybe you know not so healthy, but um, it also can be a foundation for greater good. Be a foundation for other kind of more positive attitudes and approaches to oneself and our experience. 
And so this idea, the capacity to feel joy, which is a theme today, uh, can be closely related to our capacity to, um, to be open to pleasure and the enjoyment of our life in very simple ways. Um, so let's see here. Let's check in about these speakers. So, so the, it's not working. The this is not working for you. It's not working for you. I can hear electronic sound through the earpiece, but I can't hear your voice, and I can't hear the small mics either. I see. And um, so we'll, we'll take a break in a few minutes, and then we'll do our. You know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll come over there, and we'll 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 see what we can figure out. None of us really are familiar with that machine so much, but we'll look into it. Um, so, um, I think that's all I want to say for now. Maybe we'll take a break. And what I'd like to do is to have this break in silence. So we'll take 15 minutes and uh, go to the bathroom. You can go do some walking meditation. You go outside or have tea. Whatever you like to do this 15 minutes. But let's keep it in silence because then we'll come back and do another meditation. And so that keeps the momentum a little bit of the quiet as we go along. Okay? So, then, thank you. <laughs> 